Phase 3, the tension. Hi, I'm Beck from Be Free Emotional Fitness Training, and I support women and girls to become emotionally stronger. And I'm Vern from Move Forward Mentoring, and I specialize in male mentoring, helping boys and men find their passion, speak from their heart, and build better relationships. And together we are Rekindling Relationships. We work with couples through mentoring sessions, as well as facilitating communication and creative workshops to build deeper connections. Welcome to our podcast designed to help you strengthen and bring more fun into your partnership, as well as create a more loving, healthy and strong connection. Hey everyone. Hey, how are we going? So today we're going to talk about the tension, phase three of the process of blending families. Now there's a lot of tensions that come up in a family, in a blended family. We've had quite a few in ours, haven't we? Yeah, it would be pretty normal. It'd be pretty unusual if it didn't happen. Yeah, I think it's something which is, if you know about it, if you're like, oh yeah, this is going to happen, then you're forewarned, forearmed and all that sort of stuff. So, And I think the key is not to get stuck in these phases Hmm. because statistics show that it takes roughly seven years to go through all these phases. If you're doing really well and you move really quick and everyone's really adaptable, it can take about four. Most people at seven... But if you get stuck in these phases, it can take up to 12 or longer years or just... Never really happen. Yeah. Yeah. And what's interesting about this is some people put this into an old business model, which is the forming, storming, norming, performing. And you might have heard of that one before. So we're in the early stages. The first three stages are really that forming. We're starting to just get used to each other and how that's going to go. And in that getting used to each other in that early stage, there's obviously going to be the reality hits and then the tension that gets created from that reality Mm. and a whole lot of different things that come up for families. And what kind of things cause tension? Well, exes can definitely cause tension. So Mm -hmm. in a blended family, most partners will have an ex, Mm. which they'll have to manage the children with. They'll have to manage certain type of finances to do with the children with and pickups and drop-offs and schooling and all those sort of things. And I think by this stage, the ex has realized that this person's staying. So that can cause a bit of confrontation. Mm. They suddenly realize there's somebody else who's taking their place in a Mm. sense. Or they might not have actually dealt with all the stuff that was happening in that relationship. So those things come up. Yeah, they might not be very accepting of this new situation. No, not at all. I mean, some might. Some might be, oh, this is great. Yeah, they may have moved on. You've moved on. Hooray. Mm. But yeah, other people might not. And that's a really important part because the children still have to deal with those exes as well. Mm. And whatever's being said in that space can affect the space you're having. The new space, absolutely. Mm. What else? How about things like sibling rivalry? So what does that look like for you, do you think? Could be that this new dynamic that they may not really like the new siblings. Yeah, they might not like them at all. They might not get along. They might not get along. They might not want them around. And also the birth order changes in this dynamic too, doesn't it, which can cause problems. Yeah, like your youngest boy has now become the middle child, Mm. which is very different from before. The baby. The baby. Mm. And, you know, the baby gets Mm. a lot of that attention. And then all of a sudden when you become the middle child, you don't get as much. And the oldest ones who might be like, oh, I'm the oldest one, I'm in charge. All of a sudden it's like, oh, I'm no longer the oldest. I'm no longer in charge. Hang on a second. And that can really throw things. That Mm. can actually add to the rivalry. Yeah. I feel that in our space where your two boys are teens, tweens, and they're boys, they tend to just get along. Mm. 
you know, most of the time, and I grew up with a brother, it was just the two of us, we'd draw each other around a bit, there'd be a bit of physical to and fro, but for the most part, we just got along and got on with it. Mm. Teenage girls are obviously very different, and you haven't had to deal with that before, you've had boys. My girls, when they were younger, got along fine, not many problems, but definitely as soon as they've got close to being teens and tweens, there's a lot more conflict between them. And now, you know, we're in a family together where you have to actually deal with two teenage girls who have a bit of back and forth, where the girls and the boys seem to get along fine. Mm. You know, we don't have those sort of problems where they're fighting with each other. No, the girls and the boys get along fine, yeah. yeah. The sibling rivalries might be a little bit more enhanced in some ways mm. by the fact that there's more people around. It didn't really surprise me, though. No? What do you mean? No, that there would be sibling rivalry. Like, I didn't expect the girls to get along amazingly. Like, I'm no, well, very you, you aware didn't get along, of You girls. didn't get along with your brother, did you? <laughs> no. <laughs> No, and I, you know, I have been around enough girls, like they're a lot more complicated, whereas for the most part, most boys can't be bothered. They just can't be bothered going that much effort. Yeah. So, it didn't really surprise me. So, that's a good thing. I didn't go in with any, like, high expectations that they're <laughs> going to be besties. Yeah. <laughs> and they're very opposite. They're opposite. And, yeah. you know, but it is a tension that can mm. come up for people who are blaming mm. families is another thing which we've got to work around. It's like mm. another little obstacle. Mm. So what else do you think creates tension? I think people's need for attention. Everyone has a different need for attention or maybe they don't have a different need as much as they demand for attention. And I think sometimes that can be tricky in a blended family is spreading yourself around everybody evenly because I think it's really tricky to not feel like one's given a bit more than others because they demand it. It's a fine balance that is and can be quite tricky. And research says that the best way to do that is to make sure you prioritize time with each of them. Now that's something which can be hard when there's so many of them. Mm. If there was only two, it'd be sort of easy to do. With us, there's four. So prioritizing time for me at the moment means that I'm trying to make sure that I might have a chat with everyone every day. I might sit down, have a quick chat, check in with what they're doing. But definitely I'd like to sort of do more in that space. I'd like to be actively doing something together with each of them Mm. so that I feel like I'm actually doing something productive in that space. You know, the older ones are teenagers. They don't really want to just sort of hang out with you Mm. (laughs) for some strange reason. Why don't they want to hang out with me? They don't mind me, but... (laughs) (laughs) It's true. They like you. They're like, oh, well, hang out with Beck. Beck's fun. (laughs) Vern's a bit stern. A bit grumpy. Vern doesn't listen to our Stand blah. Ben. That Vern has a ring to it. <laughs> Vern doesn't listen to our blah blah, and they're like, meh, 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 meh. And I'm just like, whatever. <laughs> I'm not paying any attention to it. <laughs> I think my tolerance level is not as high as yours. <laughs> I reckon it's to trying to get everyone involved. So if you're doing something, you just ask everyone, or you know, ask who you think is going to be interested, not just one. And I, I think that I've been very conscious of trying to do. Sometimes I'll stop myself. And I'll go, am I treating the girls like they're my own? Would I treat them this way if they were the boys? And then I would go accordingly. Like that was conscious effort to stop and go, does everyone feel included? Am I treating them like I would the others? Am I being fair? Because I'm very strong on fairness. And it would take conscious effort to like step 
back and go, oh, okay, just before I decide to do this thing, you know, just bear in mind whether I'm treating everybody like they're my own. Mm. And I think as soon as you embrace that, it's kind of embracing that, treating them like they're your own, then it makes it a little bit easier to to divvy out your time and energy to everyone in an equal way. There is tension, as there would be when you bring a whole lot of people into a space. And it is a forming part of this group, of this family. And knowing that there will be conflict and there will be tension and there's things to look out for can actually help a lot in mm. So maybe you can move through these phases so you don't get stuck in one phase, which forming part where you never get past that tension of things that are not really working yet, Mm. but will take time, obviously. Yeah, beautiful. If you do that, you help the kids to move through the phases quicker too. If you get stuck in them a little bit yourself, then they're going to get stuck. So thanks for listening, everyone. Join us next time for The Conflict. Thanks for listening. Please subscribe and follow us. And check out our website at rekindlingrelationships.com. Bye for now. See ya.